You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and this is the week before Valentine's Day. Jeff, any big plans? No. COVID's still a thing, Neil. You know that, right? Uh, no, I've just been going around, you know, swapping fluids with everyone. I know you haven't been out of the house in a while, but, you know, it's still a thing that, unfortunately, you know, I can't go out for. But And Ken, you're, you're doing okay? Does the fetal position count as a plan? I think so. As long as it's on your calendar, anything's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I have fetal position every day on my calendar, so... Matt, have people been coming to your uh, conglomerate store and giving you sweeties and little little candies? Uh, not quite yet, but I've always been told not to take candy from strangers, so I'm going to abide by that for now. If by sweeties and candies you mean coronavirus, yeah. then <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Jeff, I do want to say I, I was at uh, Walgreens the other day. Uh, thank you for sponsoring us today and uh, rolling out the <laughs> vaccine. Um, but I was getting some sparkling water for you two for the uh, for the office, and I couldn't find any vegan candy. But I got Jeff something, and I think it's perfect. It's a milk chocolate bite sized candy called the Perfect Man. <laughs> he's he's sweet and rich, and it's an actual muscular man. Oh my god! That I, you can bite I, into. I wish this was just a joke for the podcast, but. <laughs> that's real. that's an honest to god chocolate man. He's very muscular too. He doesn't appear to be wearing any clothes or are those heart-shaped boxers. Well, he melts. I'm not sure. He melts in your mouth. It's Is easier he without. Holding a heart-shaped boxer, either it's heart-shaped. I boxers. really appreciate this visual joke, by the way. <laughs> are there are there any nuts oh, that's in there? Weird. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to Google yeah. this. It's, it's I'm allergic, made by, so I it's, need to know. It's made by Treat Street, so the perfect man by Treat Street. Check it out, guys. Yeah, it's really funny. So happy Valentine's Day, everyone, but uh, it wouldn't you. be Valentine's Day without uh, some people to share in Valentine's Day, and we have uh, two wonderful guests with us today. Our first guest is going to be a competitor. He is an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and we appreciate that, and he's coming to us from California, just like Matthew over there, and that is Hung Fam. How's it going, Hung? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we're happy to have you on the show. We actually were going to have you on Bloodsport Season 2, but the schedules didn't work out, so we're really excited to have you here today. Yeah, I was really sad that first time when you guys reached out, and I was like so busy with school that I you know, couldn't come on, but I'm happy that you guys contacted me this time. Um, so, as mentioned, I'm 
Hung, and I am in Orange County, uh, studying Orange County, of course. Uh, I actually teach at a large uh, Los Angeles school. Uh, I teach organic chemistry there. Um, and I also actually co-own an escape room down in Orange County also. So actually, if you guys are interested in playing a virtual escape room, um, we can talk later. Oh, awesome. I love those. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we'll make sure to uh, have you plug it at the end of the show if people want to check it out and uh, support uh, your escape room. And your organic chemistry class also. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody needs a class. Yeah. The last I'll time, send you the lecture link. The last time Ken said that we could do a virtual escape room, he locked me in the trunk of his car. So. <laughs> Remember, you always kick out the headlight first so you know where you are. And I only know that from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, before we talk any more about uh, kidnapping, let's go to our uh, our guest host today. We're very happy to have him here. He's a rules guy impersonator on Patreon coming to us from Twin Falls, Idaho, and that's Chris Scholes. How's it going, Chris? Oh, so far so good. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, and you're looking great in a Triviality t-shirt there. I've got sweatshirt. Or I sweatshirt. Got the, uh, yeah. Hey, it's wintertime. I'll get the t-shirt for the summer. There you go. And that, that is the Element uh, shirt there for yep. Tee Public. So thank you for supporting us over there. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you yourself? Um, well, I am a dermatologist, and I practice here in Twin Falls, Idaho. And um, just getting uh, getting kind of past the Christmas break and got my kids sent back off to college and just been uh, listening and supporting for a while and really excited to be on. Wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have you here. And uh, if my cheeks get red during the recording, it's just my rosacea. And, uh, and I'm also excited to have you here. But <laughs> Nobody ask him for a screening, please. <laughs> um, but I'm we... good as long as you don't have to drop any clothing. Well, I, we already have a chocolate uh, perfect man who's nude, so <laughs> anything's possible today. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's just go to the rules to uh, make sure we know how the game is played. And today it's actually from our host, Chris. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there will be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Very sultry, Chris. That sounded great. It's been a long time since we had a, uh, a fan rules read. It has been, and perfect radio voice, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, and next time we'll have you do it in Dutch, Chris. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the teams are going to be uh, Ken and Jeff. Any ideas on a team name here? Well, I'm drinking out of an Iron Man mug, and Jeff just said he watched Iron Man 2 again. So yeah, um, pick, a, pick your favorite element. Um, I well, I've been watching uh, the Marvel movies with Angie, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I've been really digging some '90s grunge. So I feel like we should be Lithium Man. Lithium Man. All right, that's us. All right, Lithium Man and Matt and Hung. Any ideas on a team name over there? Um, you know, well, we're both from the West Coast. Uh, Originally, you teach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you teach organic chemistry. I think it's only fair that we are the OCs. All nice. right, there you go. So the OCs. And Lithium Man. Okay, let's uh, throw it to Chris and start this game off. Good deal. Well, um, before we start, I want to send a big thank you to a lot of folks at the crop. I had a whole ton of folks that helped to uh, playtest this, so uh, it, was, it was very helpful for sure. Okay, question one. Category is just the basics. 
According to Sami Nosrat, in a best-selling cookbook of 2018, what are the four foundational elements in cooking? And if you'd like a hint, I've got one for you. Uh, yeah, I think we'll take that. Right, right, guys? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. The, the hint is the four elements are the title of the cookbook. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, another hint, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get, Matt. <laughs> um, kind of settling in around uh, heat and salt and water sounds good. That sounds like an element of cooking. Mm. Uh, and then the last one, do you want to just go butter because butter's good? Butter's good. I mean, what's a more generic term for butter? Uh, like fats, I guess? Maybe fats yeah. and oils? Let's say fat. Uh, all right. So we got fat, salt, water, heat. All right. So it sounds like you guys were kind of dipping your toes into the direction that we were going to. And we went a little further into that. And we said time, heat, ingredients, and pressure. Though I think the odd man out there is ingredients, right? <laughs> Nothing like dipping your toes into butter, right? You paid a lot of money it's on very the internet. Sensual. <laughs> there you go. Well, the OCs actually got pretty close. The title of the book is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. You got three quarters of the way there. We'll give you seven points. Hey. hey. I've got a I've got a daughter who's getting into cooking and she tells me this is now the Bible. I think and there's a docuseries on Netflix. For, That's why I knew the title. Uh, we we got heat out of those out of those four, so we get two point five points. <laughs> let's let's round it up to three. All right, three and uh, seven points. There you go. A generous like judge today. I appreciate it. So, category <laughs> question number two: the category is running around. The ghosts in the classic video game Pac Man are Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde. Inky, Blinky, and Pinky made it into Ms. Pac Man, but poor Clyde got left behind. What's the name of the fourth ghost in Ms. Pac-Man? We're locked in, Matt. You guys are locked in? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that so, didn't work well uh, for us last time. I have a pretty good way into this, actually. Um, with our escape room, one of our escape rooms is uh, arcade-themed, so we had to do quite a bit of research going into uh, building it out. Um, and I'm pretty sure they changed Clyde's name because it was male to a female name. And I think it was Sue. Okay. Well, that works for me. We're going to lock in with Sue. If Johnny Cash taught me anything, it can also be a guy's name. But uh, we also went with Sue. <laughs> and the ghosts in Ms. Pac-Man are Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Sue. Good right. job, both teams. Yay. Now the superior Pac-Man. Is it? <laughs> I, think so? I like yeah. Miss okay. Pac-Man, yeah. No cooking, yes for old, old video games. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number three. The category is lightning strikes twice, apparently. Earlier this week, uh, unfortunately, we lost Hank Aaron. And on April 8th, 1974, Hank Aaron hit home run number 715, which broke Babe Ruth's record. The Braves were playing the Dodgers. Al Downing threw the pitch over what outfielder's head Specifically, left fielder's head did the home run fly. The hint, he's better remembered for another play 12 years later on a ball that did not go over his head. <laughs> mm. um, I have no idea. So if you want to just pick something, uh, I'm happy to go with you. Okay, so they're locked in. I'm pretty sure. Um, I didn't know he played left field before this, but I'm guessing 1986. Bad time for Boston Red Sox fans. I'm thinking this is Billy Buckner, ball going through his legs. 
I'm happy you're my partner this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you. Cool. So we're going to lock in with uh, Bill Buckner. What did we lock in with? Chuck E. Cheese? Or? No, we guessed an actual <laughs> baseball player who I believe was in the outfield. We guessed uh, Reggie Jackson, but I knew he played for the Yankees. Okay. And uh, I will tell you that at the time, I was living in Boston watching this on a really beat-up television when the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs. Twelve years earlier, he was kind of a, a first- or second-year player playing left field for the Dodgers. Billy Buckner. I love that's so, part of trivia, so Red Sox fans have to relive it over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that one's burned into my brain. Who hit the yeah, ball right? Uh, who hit the unlike, ball? Mookie, yeah. Mookie Betts. Mookie who, Betts who, yeah. who, who scored the run? Or not Mookie Betts. Mookie Wilson. Who scored the, the run? Ray Knight. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. <laughs> a negative 10-year-old Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. So, Okay. So good job. Question number four is tenor madness. Which jazz saxophonist was designated a saint by the African Orthodox Church and was awarded a Pulitzer Prize 40 years after his death? This put him giant steps ahead of his peers. Yeah, we're locked in. We're locked in. This is our equivalent of a Matt sports question. Yeah. <laughs> Any idea on jazz stuff, Matt? Uh, I mean... It would make sense. I mean, Miles Davis is the name that springs to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he said the giant as a clue, I'm assuming. I know, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> um, well, well, wasn't uh, there somebody named Sasquatch or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was a nickname. <laughs> somebody I, named Sasquatch. I love it. Okay. You're like on, the, you're, you're like on the, the verge of, of correctness. I know, I, and I know that's not that's not the right name, but it's something like that, and I don't think we're gonna get there. I'm surprised yeah. you don't know this, Matt, because every day at work, when people come up, you say, "Do you like Yaz?" <laughs> uh, when just want to say Sasquatch and hope they give it to us. Yeah, <laughs> old old trumpet playing Sasquatch. All right, walking so- it. Louis Armstrong was Satchmo. Yeah, um, I have to admit this question uh, is one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's it's not Louis Armstrong. Um, I'll leave it to Jeff since he himself is a pretty talented saxophonist. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, I um, the this is one of my favorite things is an allusion to a different song by John Coltrane. So this is a Giant Steps mm. is the reference there. One of the hardest things to solo over. It uh, it's a very chaotic song, but yeah, they're it's very an awesome talented. Song. It really is John Coltrane. It's sewing over that one is brutal because you've got all those fifths that you've got to jump. Um, Man, so I'm also, I don't know I call myself very talented, but I'm also a sax player. And it is John Coltrane. Nice. Got Coltrane two, is a name I've heard of before. Two drummers, his, two His most famous album is player? Giant Steps. It's form a ska band. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Category or question number five. The category is normal vocabulary. Not counting bonus spaces. What are the two highest scoring two-letter Scrabble words in the Scrabble Player's Dictionary? Yeah, I used to play some Scrabble when I was younger, and um, I believe if it's a two-letter word, they all have to have a vowel in it, and I think the vowels are only one or two points each, and uh, the highest scoring letters are Q and Z with 10 points each, so we went with Chi, which is Q-I, and then Za, which is Z-A. That is precisely what me and Jeff talked about. Uh, za and chi. Strong work all around. It's chi and za. Za actually just got added within the last few years as an official word. Um, and it is short for pizza. I think 
I, I, I'm choosing to believe that's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> reference, but I don't know that that's true. Well, it's either Ninja like Turtles it. or uh, Olsen Twins, right, Matt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, want, I want cheats. Uh, that's what we said. Uh, well, after five questions, uh, the game is very close. We have Lithium Man with a uh, Scotty Pippen tribute here with 33, and the OCs with 37, which I can't think of a player that's 37, but good, good work. So good, close game. Uh, question number six. The category is Busy School. MIT has three mascots, including the engineers and the somewhat archaic tech men. What is the most commonly recognized mascot for MIT? And in a nod to students, the mascot is noted to be industrious and to do its best work at night. The Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're locked in here. Beaver okay. is an interesting one. I, I mean, are you sure they don't work at night? They work for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're locking in around the bee, the busiest beavers, who hopefully work at night. Very industrious animals. So we're yeah. You want to lock yeah. in with them? I'm I'm okay with beaver. We're locking in with the MIT beavers. Um. Yeah. We had the similar thought here. We thought busy as a beaver is an expression, and I for some reason I think they might be nocturnal. So we said the beaver. They are nocturnal, they are industrious, and they are the mascot for MIT. Nice. MIT <laughs> beavers. I did not know they nice. were nocturnal, so yeah. that's the fact I Although learned today. You get, you get a lot of things with uh, calling them the engineers as well. Imagine Matt what they could... beavers right out of his butt right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Matt is the uh, the Richard Gere of beaver love. Um, Come on. <laughs> I, like, uh, I was like, don't do the Richard Gere joke. Don't uh, do it. Imagine what beavers could build if they built during the day when they could see better. I, <laughs> I mean, they, they could build skyscrapers, right? Okay. Question number seven. Uh, the category is Jim Croce might have something to say. Roughly 40 years ago in the comic books, not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tony Stark gave up being Iron Man for a time. What led him to surrender the armor? Okay, so... I swear to God, if Tony Let's Stark take it had... from the Jim Croce yeah. reference. Um, so just give me give me some of the Croce songs since you're a big Croce fan. Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. Okay. New York's not my home. Okay. Working in the car wash blues. Oh, he gave up Iron Man because he went to work at the car wash. Obviously. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Uh, you've got um, Time in a Bottle, um, Operator. All right, well, we discussed a few different things, um, but we are going to lock in. All right, so we were just talking about a couple different songs. Yep. Um, what do you think? Um, I, I remembered another one, Photographs and Memories. I don't know if he like, loses his memory or something, but... I still like the one where he works at a car wash. Working at the car wash blues. Uh, you've got Rapid Roy. He's a stock car driver. Big bad Leroy Brown. Rapid Roy. Was that uh, the Liam Neeson movie, right? Yes. It took place in Scotland. Uh, you got You Don't Mess Around with Jim. Um, we're, we're getting nowhere. I know. Um, let's say uh, he has a kid. Okay. Um, so one of the things we talked about is in the comics, uh, Tony had... A little bit of a drinking problem that they did not bring over to the MCU um, because Disney, etc. Um, so we said they wanted him to go to rehab, and he said yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of my dirty little secrets is I collected a lot of Iron Man comic books in my younger years, uh, including the one where he hands the the armor to Rhodey 
because he realizes that his drinking won't let him continue. So it's alcoholism. So we'll give you credit for rehab. You guys <laughs> were, you guys are certainly there. Uh, and and the Jim Croce song would be "Time in a Bottle." Messes up. I know. They do. Uh, <laughs> they do sort of nod to it in Iron Man Two. He gets into that drunken fight with Rhodey. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, question number eight. The category is stand up straight. The name of which medical specialty translates to straightening children? All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a quick lock in here. Oh, it's uh, orthopedics. Orthopedics? Oh, because yeah, pedic he, meaning children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Thanks for the help there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we're gonna lock in with orthopedics. That makes more sense. We we went too quickly here, and we just said uh, pediatrician. Pediatrics. Well, I love the way the OCs kind of went about that from from uh, orthodontics, meaning straightening, <laughs> to pediatrics, meaning uh, children, to orthopedics, meaning straightening children. <laughs> Teamwork. Yep. Hey, if, <laughs> if it works out. And I don't know a single orthopedic surgeon personally that would actually know that. <laughs> the question number nine, the category is words to remember. And it's finish the quote from a speech that was given on June 18th, 1940. Quote, let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say. Oh, so you guys are locked in. Um, so Hong, you said that history was definitely your best category. <laughs> in something, you know? No, we had, we had a hard time with this one. Uh, but I think we, we got there. We went through a bunch of different quotes, uh, God Save the Queen, some of the other kind of more famous ones. Um, uh, well, we just, this one thing just kept sticking over and over, and we said that, uh, we believe it was Winston Churchill, and he said this was their finest hour. Mm, that's a good one. Um, we also thought it was Winston Churchill, and we were struggling with a couple different catchphrases, but um, we thought it was, based on the phrasing, people in the future talking about the people in the past, and we ended up saying we prevailed. Okay. Well, you can actually go online and hear recordings of this speech. And as context, this was given before the Battle of Britain. So it was at a time when they really didn't know if Britain was going to exist within a matter of days. Um, and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. <laughs> I cannot believe you guys went round and round and got that. But it is, it's one of those speeches that if you can listen to that online, even with this 80-year-old recording, and not have a chill run up your spine, you're not human. It's, it's pretty impressive. Gary Oldman is just Sometimes. that good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's timeless. Yeah. I'm, so I'm anyway. I'm convinced that Matt has this this re receptacle of genius held in his butt just pulling stuff out. <laughs> he really he really really does like people talk about matt like he's like a sports guy but but he is a smart cookie matt seriously mm -hmm. got some british history some beavers all up in there pull them he out has to, uh, he has to go to the vet every six months to get that gland expressed so he doesn't explode there you go he doesn't have That's... to go i always do it for him <laughs> Um, <laughs> or he rubs it. He rubs what himself on the like carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Nasty. Okay. Question number 10. The category is no vacancy at the top. 
According to the Recording Industry Association of America, what rock act holds two of the top three places in top-selling albums of all time? So um, you just said you think the Eagles is number one by a lot, right? Oh, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it comes up in trivia a bit, but like I feel like yeah, the Eagles' greatest hits album or the Eagles' second yeah. greatest hits album or something like that was... <laughs> they have two. <laughs> Even more greatest hits. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, and then I thought ACDC was close, but um, there's got to be a Michael Jackson album in there somewhere, so it makes sense that the Eagles would have two of them then, right? Yeah, yeah. When he said rock group, mm -hmm. I think that's the first thing I came yeah. to. We're both near the Hotel California. <laughs> I think I think it's safe that we can lock in with the Eagles. Yes, uh, we knew uh, the Eagles were near the top with that Greatest Hits album, and also the category was No Vacancy near the top, so we assume that's mm. a Hotel California reference. So, Eagles. You know, it warms my heart to know that the hint actually did some good. <laughs> so, yes, it is the Eagles with their Greatest Hits 71 through 75 and Hotel California. All right, well, after the first round, uh, it looks like Team Lithium Man has 53 points, and the OCs are at 87 uh, so right before we go to the swing round, just wanted to say thank you to everyone in the crop for interacting with us and for helping Chris with his question testing. If you'd like to join Chris and other listeners of the show over there, you can go to our Facebook group, The Crop. You can go to our private Discord if you'd like a non-Facebook option. And as always, you can hit us up on social media at TrivialityPod on Twitter and Instagram. All right, Chris, what do you have in store for the swing round? Okay. Um, this We're going to stick with music for the swing round. And I call this blank in the blank. There are a lot of musical names that are blank and the blank, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So I'm going to give you half of it uh, for 10 different acts, and I want you to give me the other half. And we'll just alternate between you get the front half and the back half. Okay. Okay. Uh, number one is blank and the Mysterians. Number two is Florence and the blank. Number three is blank and the Raiders. Number four is Jimmy Buffett and blank. Number five is blank and the Monsters. Number six is Honest Bob and blank. Number seven is blank and the Bangas. Number eight is Frank Zappa and blank. Number nine is blank and the Sunshine Band. And number 10 and there are two possible answers, so it would be bonus points if you get them both, is Elvis Costello and blank. All right, we're going to mull over these and be back soon with our answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. 
So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so after kind of uh, unfortunate first round for our team, uh, all the answers for the swing round are locked in, hoping to make up a few points because of our... our uh, Near misses and Matt's excellent polls. <laughs> From the Reservoir of Genius. <laughs> okay, in the swing round, first question is Blank and the Mysterians. Yeah, for this one, we had no idea, so we just uh, picked somebody with a kind of mysterious sound, and we went with Lana Del Rey. Ooh, Wrong. That's a good yeah. <laughs> um, We went with the uh, Marvin Gaye. Okay, no, no points awarded. This is actually question mark and the Mysterians. Mm. And sometimes they wrote out question mark and sometimes it was just a the the punctuation mark. Like the Riddler? Like there you go. <laughs> I've never seen the two of them in the same place, so it, you know, it could happen. Number two, Florence and the blank. Uh we uh we do know this one. Um there's no light. Uh so we said Florence and the machine. Yeah, this is one of the ones that Matt and I agreed on pretty quickly, too. And we said Florence and the Machine. It is Florence and the Machine. Points all around. Third, Blank and the Raiders. Yeah, for this one, this might be a stupid answer, but just somewhere in the back of my mind, um, Paul Revere was in my head. So we said Paul Revere. Mm, well, this is a stupid answer. Uh, we said Derek Carr and the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he started well, a band. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's it's not Derek Carr and the Raiders, but it is Paul Revere and the Raiders. Oh, yeah, nice. nice. How old is that band? It's old. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a mix of some really old and some not so old. Uh, next one, Jimmy Buffett and blank. This one I felt like I should know, but Parrot Heads just kept coming to mind, but that's his fan group. So we just said Jimmy Buffett and the Islanders because he's a big hockey fan, I think. Two two mm -hmm. hockey teams down in Florida, so <laughs> we were in the same boat, knowing Parrot Head. So we thought maybe his band was just the Parrots. So we said the Parrots. That's a good guess. Yeah, good good guesses. No points awarded. This is one that you're probably going to remember after we've said it. It's Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. Mm. Oh God! <laughs> so it's not Jimmy it Buffett is. and the Island Toes in the Sand Margarine in Hand Fun Time Band because <laughs> I would definitely take that. No, yeah, I would. I'd give you points for that one. I like it. <laughs> Next one up is blank and the monsters. Yeah, we didn't know, so we just picked uh, our favorite novelty group, Vincent Price and the Monsters. <laughs> uh, we went. Uh, this one was a little bit more metal, and we said of mice and men and the monsters. <laughs> Steinbeck meets pop music. I like it. <laughs> Uh, this is Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Ah, Big Head Todd. Is that the guy from Rocco's Modern Life? <laughs> <laughs> it should be if it's not. Rocco, come check out my new band. Ain't that a hoot? <laughs> okay, next up is Honest Bob and Blank. 
Uh, we had this one for sure. It's Honest Bob and the Discount Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate that, man. Uh, yeah, we had no idea either. Uh, so we thought uh, this might have been Honest Bob and Sideshow Mel. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually, you're closer than you think you are. This is Honest Bob and the Factory to Dealer Incentives. <laughs> this is a pullback. They were a, an absolutely unknown band that managed to get uh, a couple of songs into Rock Band when it came out. Uh-huh. And that was sort of their that was sort of their break. Finally, uh, next up is Blank and the Bangas. Um, Jeff loves making love to Lou Bega and the Bangas. <laughs> Joke will never die. Uh, I thought that this sounded like a, a reggae term. I wasn't 100% sure, but we said Bob Marley. Bob Marley would be the Whalers. Mm. So also this a hockey is, reference. There you go. This is one of the, the first winners of the NPR Tiny Desk concert. This is Tank and the Bangas. That's a cool name. I like that. That's They're really, really good. Next up is Frank Zappa and... This is one of the harder ones that we think we actually got, and we went with the Mothers of Invention. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, so we couldn't. I was. It's in the back of my head somewhere. I was trying to rack my brain, and I believe we locked in with Zappa and the Mothers. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give you a half or one point for the Mothers <laughs> one because point. there is there is a song out there that references quote Frank Zappa and the Mothers. Smoke on the water. But the, the the band is Frank Zappa and the Mothers oh. of Invention. Wow. Okay, Blank and the Sunshine Band. I will uh, shake, shake, shake my booty to anything by KC. So we said KC and the Sunshine Band. Uh, in honor of the Kansas City Chiefs, we put in uh, KC and the Sunshine Band. I was going to be deeply disappointed if uh, if those weren't, if you guys didn't get that one right. But nope, you got it. KC and the Sunshine Band. And last, and there are two different answers. I'll get you two points for each one. Elvis Costello and Blank. This is definitely the one that I agonized over the most because I just read this information. I think the last episode we recorded, we accidentally said Elvis Costello for an answer instead of Buddy Holly for the crickets. And I just read the name of the band and I couldn't remember. I went with Expressions because I think it starts with an E, but I can't say that I'm sure. Yep. Well, I wrote that question and I was really hoping that the crickets were going to be on here, but they were not. Uh, so we had no idea, said Elvis Costello, and I just said horned rim glasses. <laughs> Which really should be right. It's not, but it really should be. No, initially he was, it was Elvis Costello and the attractions. Attractions. Oh. And that was most of the work that he did. And then he kind of mellowed out, got married to Diana Krall. And now it's Elvis Costello and the Imposters. Oh so disappointed. <laughs> you picked the wrong vowel for start. I really did. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, not a lot of points in this swing round, but uh, it's going to bring our totals to 73 for the Lithium Man and 98 for the OCs. So still very, very close. <laughs> These are weird scores. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris's uh, judgments are... Uh, causing weird scores, but I appreciate the extra points. <laughs> hey, I could just give you zeros. That's all good. So no, no, keep the keep the points yeah. coming. Stop, stop complaining, Ken. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you get a bonus point of uh, the square root of negative one for the next one. Wow, I have no idea what that is. Um, well, that's it's, it's I. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. going into round two. The first question, of round two, is the obligatory dermatology question. <laughs> 
You guys didn't know that was coming? <laughs> what heartbreaking skin disease, most commonly noted on the knees and elbows, affects roughly 3% of the population of the United States? Okay, we are going to lock in here. Uh, so we're going about <laughs> thinking, <laughs> trying to think of all the commercials with the, the happy folks throwing footballs and giving high fives. I don't um, think you're in the right uh, genre of, of medical uh, ad. Commercial, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's for pills. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been told that that will allow me to throw football again. So You guys have a lot of potential t-shirts coming out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, true. So it's work, Neil. Um, Good disease is like, so there's like eczema, but that's not like on knees and yeah, and I think that affects more than 3% of the population, True. too. I don't want to sound stupid here, but is is psoriasis a skin condition? It, <laughs> Cause, it is. Because I, I hear that term a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm trying to think of heartbreaking. I'm wondering if yeah, it's heart, like... Yeah, heartbreaking. And I was like, is that uh, clear or a, not? I know there's a rash that presents almost in like a heart shape, and it might be for that. I don't know. I think I think we can lock in with psoriasis. That sounds good. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I just know the term exists. <laughs> All right. We are locked in with a word where sure is a word. Um, we were definitely thinking eczema initially, uh, but uh, the more I thought about it, the more I felt those ads were for psoriasis. Those, those ads, um, they don't tell you the medicines run like $50,000 a year. Those are for a lot of new medications that we use to treat psoriasis. So oh, good right. pull all around. Where's the, where's the heartbreak come in? It, there used to be an ad campaign that probably predates anybody or out, out of this group but me that was talking about medicines that were used to treat, quote-unquote, the heartbreak of psoriasis. Mm. Mm. Uh, question number two in the second round is alternate history. There are two musical artists. One is an individual. The other is a group, both with multiple number one hits that released greatest hits albums titled History. One was, was released in 1975 and the other in 1995. Name the artists. I'll give you half credit for one and full credit okay. for two. Um, so we thought 1975, that was not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just say the monkeys for that one because, you know, whatever. Uh, the 1995 one, I'm, I was pretty sure that this was Michael Jackson. Uh, I think he came out with an album or around this time of greatest hits it was right before he signed to a new label and put out that album that nobody liked um so i think we'll just lock in with michael jackson we too were pretty confident with michael jackson as one and the other one we just guessed the rolling stones okay well in 1995 michael jackson uh, released history and in my vote for the most appropriately titled greatest hits album um if you're a group called America, your greatest mm -hmm. hits might well be called History. Uh, that's a bummer. So, five points each. I, that's why I was wondering about if there was some kind of tie-in, because I, I knew I had heard it. Mm. America. So, okay. Question number three. Here's looking at you. Roughly one-third of people in the U.S. have the photic reflex, including me. What are people like me likely to do when exposed to bright light? And I do have a hint if you would like it. Um, we can lock in. I'm a sufferer. Okay. Sufferer in quotes of this uh, affliction. So, <laughs> Weirdly, I was talking about this affliction with uh, someone at Christmas because that's the kind of person I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bummer topic. It's just weird. No, it's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. And yeah. no I, I suffer daily from this. <laughs> uh, pretty, sneezing? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the sneezing. So yeah. we'll lock in with sneezing. It is convenient, though, because when I have one that's kind of cresting and refuses, I can kind of just look up at the light and kind of coax it out. So, yeah, sneezing. I believe that's called a chew. <laughs> that's, that's actually your hint. It's the autosomal compelling helioophthalmic outburst syndrome, or a chew syndrome. You sneeze. And if you've got it, you know it. And if you don't, you don't. <laughs> so 10 points all around. Well done. Question four. This is, the category is fall guy, uh, October guy. What major leaguer, with his number retired by both the Yankees and Athletics, struck out more times than anyone else in Major League Baseball history? I think we can lock in. With a guy, maybe Mr. October, somebody in the fall. Uh, I think that this is Reggie Jackson. You want to lock in with that? Yeah, we're locked in. It's so funny that I should mention him earlier because, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely Reggie Jackson. Yeah, you guys have been pretty good. I mean, I have all these questions written, and you've got the Iron Man mug on your desk and then you were talking about reggie jackson earlier i feel like i've stumbled <laughs> we, into a trap we missed the iron anyway, yes. question though but i got as a somebody, baseball you got a baseball <laughs> as somebody who's a uh, a lifetime red sox fan just knowing that reggie jackson struck out more than anybody else in history kind of makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside but it is reggie jackson okay question number five in the second round category is sounds like a cartoon what is the derogatory avian political term for a person who advocates for war, but who actively avoided military service? I mean, so it's leaning me towards like a chicken, right? Because they're avoiding the mm -hmm. service. Right. But... What was the name of the the southern chicken on Looney Tunes? Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Like like <laughs> <laughs> you want to log in with Foghorn Leghorn? Just do it. Yeah, okay. Foghorn Leghorn. I think you guys are say, say. closer than you realize because uh, I don't think he saw a chicken hawk. Um, but this is, we think this is a war hawk. So we said hawk. Ooh. Yeah, we, we just said war hawk. These guys were getting to, towards the chicken hawk angle. So I think it's chicken hawk, but we said war hawk. It is chicken hawk, yeah. Uh, yep. A war hawk is just somebody who's advocating for war. A chicken hawk is is a war hawk mm, that, that, that uh, dodged the draft or avoided military service. Gotcha. Can, can you check if uh, Foghorn Leghorn was ever referenced as a term? <laughs> I said, I said, I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know the they little did, the little chicken. They did use the, the word chicken hawk in the in the old Foghorn Leghorns for the whatever the little the little guy, little yeah, guy chicken was. Hawk. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to fight everybody. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So no points on that one. After five questions in the second round, both teams picking up 35 points, bringing totals to 108 for Lithium Man and 133 for the OCs. Still reasonably close. Mm -hmm. Question number six. Dude has talent. What star of stage and screen was the original Gomez Adams in the Broadway version of the Adams Family opposite B.B. Nightworth as Morticia? Okay, we are going to lock in. Something kind of weird. The question category... The dude has talent would make me think that this is possibly the actor who played the dude in Lebowski. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. And I think he he he's done Broadway or he's done that kind of thing. So does that make sense? So I feel you, like I'm trying to think Jeff Bridges in that role would be so weird. <laughs> yeah. But they whitewashed everything at the time. So. <laughs> true, true. But like I feel like isn't like Gomez Adams supposed to be like Compared to Morticia, like Gomez is like shorter and 
I don't know. Jeff Bridges is a really tall guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they got Cher uh, to play Morticia, and then it was, <laughs> it was an appropriate height difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything better than that. So Yeah, so we're going to lock in with the dude, uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Neil's shaking his head at me, but uh, we couldn't get away from the dude, so we just said Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yes. Boy, I think I owe everybody an apology. This is this guy is my nomination for most talented male on the planet. Uh, it is Nathan Lane. Mm. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, and it was mid two thousands, two thousand six, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first part, but he does have talent. Can we get this uh, Jeff Bridges share uh, recasting in though? <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. Question number seven. If at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. On September 8th, 1974, Evil Knievel attempted to jump the Snake River Canyon in a rocket-powered sky cycle, but failed. The jump was eventually completed by stuntman Eddie Braun in 2016. In what U.S. state is the Snake River Canyon? That doesn't mean anything to you. Does it mean anything to you? Yeah. I'm Where is the Springfield sure. Gorge, oh. though? <laughs> Any town USA. I think I once died from dysentery in Snake River Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Should have forded the river. Um, no, I think so. I think Neil's not too far off. I think Snake River's at least close to the Oregon Trail or, or nearby. Like in, It's in the west of the United States. Right. Sure. So maybe maybe Colorado, yeah, uh, or right. Utah. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I I think I remember when Chris introduced himself. He's from Idaho, mm -hmm. and so I feel like, and just from me listening to other people hosting, sometimes they like to pull yeah. their own home states in. So I. I would but has anything that. ever happened in Idaho? Yeah. I mean, they have pretty good potatoes. Maybe that's where all the potatoes <laughs> come from. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's, let's lock in with Idaho. That sounds great. Idaho. You know, a lot of times when people talk about Idaho, they, they talk about it negatively, like there's only potatoes in Idaho, that but potatoes lovely. are actually everything. So <laughs> if, if I could be in a state with just potatoes, I think that's heaven, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, originally I was thinking it was a bit further South, like, uh, Utah, Arizona, but I, I was like... Uh, if I don't know it for sure, go game theory. So we went Idaho. Okay. Well, game theory pays off. Um, <laughs> the uh, specifically, the jump site is half a mile north of my home. So it, the the dirt ramp is still there, so I can walk down and stand on the dirt ramp and look out over the canyon. But uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. So ten points all around. You had to put the shout out in there. <laughs> uh, question number eight in the second round is old-time geek history. In the original Advanced Dungeons & Dragons rules, initially published in 1978, what are the two available subclasses of fighters? All right, so we, we were comparing Diablo characters and Final <laughs> Fantasy characters, and we have locked in with uh, barbarians and monks. I mean, those are both current classes in D&D, so that's not a bad guess. Uh, we also guessed uh, we went with Rangers and Paladins. Well, one team definitely has more uh, old-time geek cred than the other. 
um, although I'm eagerly awaiting Diablo 4. But in, in the original Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, you could be a plain old fighter, or if you wanted a subclass, you could be a paladin, or you could be a ranger. Good job, Jeff. Mm, so nice. 10 points to Lithium Man. Listening to your conversation, you're naming so many things. I was like, I don't know what they're talking about, but... <laughs> So good job. Okay, number nine. The category is all aboard. Before the formation of the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, the first gold record was awarded by RCA Victor to one of its recording artists. Name the artist, and for bonus points, name the song. All right, we are going to lock in with a guess on this one. All right. So we're going back in time, and every time I make a guess, I have to go back further. So you're going Huey Lewis? <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, I'm okay with going with... So we talked about Elvis. We went older. Sinatra, older. Uh, I think we're landing on Bing Crosby and I think White Christmas, which is you know a standard <laughs> trivia classic and a standard Christmas classic. That's a good so. guess. I like that guess. I wish we guessed it. Uh, but we just said Buddy Holly and Peggy Sue. Okay. Um, this is, I think this is interesting music history because the first gold record was awarded, like I said, by the record label because it was the first song in about 15 years that sold over a million copies. And the artist is Glenn Miller, who was also mentioned earlier in this podcast. And the clue is all aboard because the song is the Chattanooga Choo Choo. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. And the last question for the regular rounds, the category is, huh, not Corolla? What organization has the motto Semper Supra? All right. We are going to do a quick lock-in on this one. So you said Space Force, and I thought their motto was to infinity and beyond, but I might be (laughs) mixing that up with something else. So you think Semper Supra makes sense there? Yeah, I'm just kind of going off of, you know, like the other models like Semper Fi and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've never actually heard. <laughs> and the, the rest. <laughs> yeah, any others. Uh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, why not? Let's go, let's go with the definitely useful and not a waste of taxpayer money, Space Force. <laughs> How dare you uh, <laughs> besmirch our brave uh, soldiers in whatever color Space Force wears. I think they were all black, which they is were cool. They were Vanta black. <laughs> so they can't be seen on the in the in depths space. of space in the moon <laughs> no offense space force members if there are any um we went with toyota because you said not corolla well it was not corolla because it was supra which is another toyota, old toyota yeah. model um the answer is the new u.s space force Good so job, 10 guys. points to the ocs oh my God. that didn't even cross my mind what does it translate to Always above. Oh, well. So Semper Fidelis is always faithful. Semper Paratus is always vigilant. Um, and Semper Space Super Force is, always is going above. a little bit more literal. There you go. <laughs> and the bonus trivia question, which I just heard, is you know the Army has soldiers, the Navy has sailors, the U.S. Space Force has guardians. Hmm. Is the, the guardians of the galaxy? Of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I understand there's some legal discussions going on there, but yeah, that's that was a legit story. <laughs> 
Well, while the uh, the Guardians cool. are listening to a great mixtape uh, on their next mission, uh, our scores here are 128 for Lithium Man and 153 for the OC. So those are the points you have to wager with for the final round. And right before we hear the questions uh, from Chris, just wanted to mention, uh, join Chris and join, uh, join Hung over at Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We're, we're trying to get to 500 patrons this year. Uh, we're almost at 400, which is unbelievable, and we can't wait to hopefully get to 500. But uh, if you'd like to join them, you get hours and hours of extra content, some extra uh, boxes, posters, stickers, and uh, uh, other things like that. So if you'd like to help support the show and help keep us going and growing and getting better and better, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, let's throw it right back to that rules guy, impersonator, Patreon supporter, Chris, for the final round categories. Okay. Your categories in the final round are something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and something random. All right. All the wagers are now locked in. Okay. For the final round, something old. Which star of stage and screen was booked to appear at Caesar's Palace on January 20th, 1996? Ill health prevented him from appearing, and he passed away six weeks later at age 100. The hint is that January 20th, 1996 was his 100th birthday. Okay, something new. Atlantic City is currently auctioning off the right to push the button to demolish what building on its famous boardwalk? Okay, something borrowed. The two most checked out books in the history of the New York library system are children's books, The Snowy Day and The Cat in the Hat. What classic work of fiction written 73 years ago is the third most commonly checked out book? And the obvious hint is it's not a children's book. <laughs> Fourth is something blue. Elvis Presley had a monster hit with blue suede shoes in 1956. What rock and roll hall of famer wrote and initially recorded that song a year earlier? Okay, and something random, and now that the wages are locked in, I'll tell you that I used a random number generator to go to a randomly selected Wikipedia article, and that's where this question came nice. from. <laughs> so it is random. What is defined by Wikipedia as, quote, a set of loosely or tightly connected computers that work together so that, in many aspects, they can be viewed as a single system. Unlike grid computers, these have each node set to perform the same task, controlled and scheduled by software. Okay, we'll consider these questions, and we'll be right back. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. 
Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Okay, all the answers are locked in, so let's have the questions one more time, see how we did. Okay, something old. Which star of stage and screen was booked to appear at Caesar's Palace on January 20th, 1996? Ill health prevented him from appearing, and he passed away six weeks later at age 100, January 20th, 1996 being his 100th birthday. All right, this person is more known for screen, and we just kind of calculated the year of birth, and we went with Buster Keaton. Mm, the Batman. Um, no, <laughs> uh, we, we wagered 15 on this and, uh, you're just, I'm just thinking about old silent film actors and I couldn't get past Charlie Chaplin. So we said Charlie Chaplin and we wagered 20 all the way down. Okay. I, I have to ask Neil, when you said you would be cursing God, were you referencing both questions one and five or just five? Oh, uh, I was just, I was just referencing, uh, number one here. With just number one. Yeah. Uh, the film is Oh God with John Denver and George Burns. Mm. George Burns was scheduled to appear on his 100th birthday and he didn't make it. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. I'm surprised. All you guys are smoking yeah. cigars right now and none of you thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> the triviality Say cigar night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. There you go. So something new. Atlantic City is currently auctioning off the right to push the button to demolish what building on its famous boardwalk? All right. Again, we wagered 20 on this and uh, we think that it defaulted. So we guessed the uh, Trump uh, casino. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Matt and I came to similar conclusions on our own that it was a Trump building. I believe we locked in with Trump Plaza. Yeah, it's the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. So points all around. Yeah, there's some uh, demand for for pressing that button. <laughs> I we did wager 20 it, points on that, just for the record. Nice. Okay, something borrowed. The two most checked out books in the history of the New York library system are children's books, The Snowy Day and The Cat in the Hat. What classic work of fiction written 73 years ago is the third most commonly checked out book? Um, all right, so definitely not a children's book. Again, wagering 20. Um, I couldn't get the fact that it was analogous in my head uh, to the year of 48. And I think this is George Orwell's 1984. So that's what we guessed. Yeah, we wagered 20 and we thought that the question was a little Orwellian. Uh, so we said 1984. Well, in 1948, when George Orwell was writing this, he had to come up with some date in the far future. So we just switched the digits around. That's 1984 by George Orwell. In the future. <laughs> Matt, I have you at uh, 15 points wagers, what I wrote down. Is that correct? Or? That is correct. We wagered 15 points on that one. <laughs> I was trying to 
cheat the system apparently. How, How Orwellian of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, next up is something blue. Elvis Presley had a monster hit with blue suede shoes in 1956. What Rock and Roll Hall of Famer wrote and initially recorded that song a year earlier. Uh, we really had no clue on this one, so I just um, took what I remembered from the movie Walk the Line, and I think uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley had some collaboration, so that's what we said. Uh, we wagered 30 on this one, and I have actually recently read this, and I believe it's Carl Perkins. The other uh, million-dollar quartet guy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the answer is Carl Perkins. Good job, nice. Matt. <laughs> Love me some Elvis. There you go. It's that a reservoir some... of genius, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> okay, and then something random. What is defined by Wikipedia as a set of loosely or tightly connected computers that work together so that in many aspects they can be viewed as a single system? Unlike grid computers, these have each node set to perform the same task controlled and scheduled by software uh again wagering 20 as we did for the rest of the game uh we, we just guessed this was a computer network we didn't know yeah well, we had a good idea about what it is what it looks like and what it does and just could not come up with the name uh we wagered 30 on this and we're hoping that our guess was close and we said cluster computing well that was probably the most amazing poll that I've ever listened to. Oh, oh, oh no. It is a cluster, or <laughs> com computer cluster or cluster computing. Wow, that was all hung to. Awesome job. Man, you guys could not be stopped today. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's, I never thought things for my PhD would actually be useful. <laughs> and it's just like, because we use, because I do computational organic chemistry. And so, like, we use a computer cluster. But I couldn't pull that word for the longest time. Yeah, and so, a $100,000 answer right there. <laughs> Great job. Nice. Where'd you do your PhD? Uh, UCLA. I'm a big Bruins fan right now, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be it for this game. And with all the points added up, it looks like Team Lithium Man is going to finish with 108. But today's cream of the crop are the OCs with a score of 233. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Well done, guys. Yeah, you could not be stopped. You were you were like the Chattanooga choo-choo. You just could not be stopped. You kept on chugging along, right? A large, a large portion of that was definitely the receptacle or the reservoir of genius. The reservoir of genius. <laughs> yeah. well, also known as Matt's a behind. <laughs> yeah, you're pulling a lot you of stuff out the, of there today. You can put that in smaller letters on the back of the T-shirt. On the front, it just says a reservoir of genius. And we're going to have to get like a... Uh, like jackets with tails. So, well, Hung, you really pulled some great answers there in the final round. Uh, so, why don't you uh, pull out uh, the name of that escape room everyone should be checking out to uh, help support uh, your business? And uh, any any other shout outs you'd like to give? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my escape room is called uh, Unlocked Escape Rooms. So, that's a past tense of unlock. Uh, we're located in Orange County. So, you can find our website at unlockedoc.com. Uh, we're currently hosting virtual games. So, if anyone's interested, uh, feel free to go on there and take a gander. Um, but I want to do a quick shout out to uh, my trivia team, the uh, Donner Party Potluck. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> so we we used to go to a trivia uh, place in uh, Anaheim in Orange County every week, um, and I've been doing it for a couple of or a couple of years now. But because of the pandemic, we had to obviously stop. Um, but luckily, one of the sort of regulars that goes there, he sort of got all our phone numbers um, before the pandemic 
uh, started. And then so we actually have been meeting on Zoom, um, taking turns writing uh, games for each other every week. And now we're going on to our, I think, 44th or 45th week straight. Oh, and wow. so it's been really fun and some great human interaction that is much much needed during this time. So awesome. it's been awesome. Well, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, definite shout out to the uh, Diner Party Potluck and to all of your students who are hopefully listening and maybe will get at least some brownie points, if not maybe one extra point on some sort of test. But uh, thank you all for listening and uh, make sure you treat your teacher well because he's he's great. Um, let's uh, go to Chris. Any final uh, shout outs or words from you? Wonderful game today. No, I I just appreciate the chance to to be on. I'm sorry that we don't have the video so they can see me rock in my uh, Triviality Podcast sweatshirt. It but looks it's, so it's good, still guys. Tough times out there, so let's be good to one another. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, uh, for that wonderful message. Uh, we echo it as well. Uh, great T-shirt on Hung. So he also has a, uh, a chemistry chemistry element type T-shirt. Uh, if you'd like to get your own, you can go to T Public and search Triviality or just go to our website, trivialitypodcast.com and click merchandise to uh, join Chris in uh, sporting some Triviality swag. But uh, this was a wonderful game. Thank you everyone for joining us. For Hung, Matt, Chris, Jeff, Ken, and myself, that was Triviality. Either play clarinet or we'll have you be the rhythm guitar in the ska band. Just go.